I'm really happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm happy Nathan could uh, could introduce us. Are, are, were you affiliated with the Joan Mitchell Center? I actually was visiting a, a friend who has a studio over there right now for residency. Oh, who's the who's the artist? Uh, Gus Bennett. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. He's a photographer, amazing photographer. Yeah, I saw his um his coffee filter work when I was last there. Uh, they're, they're all gone yes. now, but he's he's incredible. <laughs> yes, very creative. But you yourself, you're, you you paint. I I was looking over some of the paintings you sent me. The uh, the trombone shorty one was right at the top, which caught my attention. Beautiful colors there. How long? And then you have your Louis Armstrong. How long have you been an artist? Um, I mean, I guess I can say it all my life. You know, <laughs> I discovered I knew how to draw when I was nine years old. But taking it seriously and saying, "Oh, I'm an artist," uh, made that declaration in two thousand nine. How, has that sort of affected your career at all? I mean, just by sort of declaring that you're an artist, have you noticed a huge change in your work and the way it's seen by others? Oh, definitely. That's been a major transition in general because I was living in Houston uh, as a result of being displaced there following Hurricane Katrina. And um, I was just working differently because of the community that I was in. And when I moved back home, uh, things really began to shape up and take form for me. Like, you see the, the background and the, the texture of bright colors that I use within all my paintings. I didn't develop that style fully uh, until 2015. So things have really transitioned. Yeah. Was that, a, was that a pretty slow transition with the colors and the textures that you are sort of playing with now? Or did you just find motivation one day and just start applying it to your work? Well, it was, a, it was a journey, I'd have to say, because I have a mentor uh, in Houston, artist Charles Washington, and he was my mentor in respects to, like, um, teaching me about packaging my work, presenting my work, because early on, like, when I made that declaration, I was honestly mainly painting either very small, fine details on jewelry or painting large community-based mural works. Like, I was not even painting things on canvas. That was not my practice, but he was just teaching me about the delivery of my work, the presentation of my work, and he did abstract art, and I told him, I said, man, abstract art seems like something that would do well in New Orleans. You should go try it there, and he said, you try it. I'm like, well, I'm not trying it. I don't want to do that, and he would try to teach me abstract, and I'm like, I'm not interested, but then when I got home and I was playing around with some colors, um, my own personal abstract style you know, came into play, but I know it's because of him, because otherwise I wouldn't have had interest in it. So do you feel that now that you've declared yourself as an artist, you also have to pay attention to the business side of things, um, how you package your work, how you uh, find patrons or consumers who are, who are looking to buy it? Do you struggle with the balance at all of the integrity of art and the business side of things and declaring that this is your, your primary profession? Oh, definitely. That's a lot of questions in one, really. But <laughs> as far as like the, the packaging and the presentation, that's always been my standard. Like he instilled that in me, uh, you know, years ago. And that's, you know, how I exist. But when you talk about the business side of it, that's very important because now I have a, a storefront. I have a gallery studio space, you know. So I have to maintain that I have uh, overhead and things like that that I didn't have when I was working from my house and only selling in the quarters and then uh the balancing part is a challenge because there are so many 
hats that I have to wear as a business owner, as an artist. Like I'm sitting here talking to you, but my mind is on this, this grant that I need to finish writing, you know, cause the deadline is at the end of this week. And I have, uh, this thing I'm painting for someone I have, you know, I have a meeting today. So it's a lot of things that I have to take care of as an individual. Um, when I'm only one person, but the business requires so much. And when you talk about like, you want to refer to passion, uh, that can be a conflict because I find myself uh, painting things that I know people are looking for that I know will sell. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I stepped away from that as encouraged by Gus Bennett to paint something outside of the normal uh, New Orleans style drawing with the music theme, you know, and start painting things that are really coming from my heart. And he also encouraged me to start taking photographs, which I have. So, uh, yes, it's a challenge to balance all of it. To answer your question, yes, it's hard. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you do, you wear all the hats. I mean, you, you're not only creating the products that you're going to be selling, which if this were any other industry would be incredible. I mean, could you imagine if Tim Cook was actually making the iPhones himself? You're also the right. CEO. You're in charge of the vision and the future of the company. You're in charge of all the operations and the marketing. And you've now turned yeah. your attentions towards starting your own nonprofit and you're operating a summer camp, Camp Oya? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. And you're working with 30 children this summer now to uh, teach them some of these skills, correct? Yeah, so it's an art-based uh, camp. And it's not really teaching kids how to be artists uh, as much as ex uh, introducing them to different methods and uh, different experiences based in art that they wouldn't usually have. Um, so we'll have art-based activities and things like yoga, um, gardening, you know, different stuff that kids need to explore. But that is a whole nother part, you know, running a camp, uh, having to complete some things, uh, making sure that people are here, you know, teach the classes or I have to teach them myself, you know, so making sure the kids have breakfast, lunch, and snack. It's a lot of things yes a, a lot of a lot of details that you need to pay attention to at this point in time all the responsibility is falling on you and it's more than just an art camp um it's just a total experience for the children i, I guess what are, what are you ideally hoping for them to walk away with just a great experience for the summer keep them out of trouble uh have them learn some new skills and have a little fun in a safe environment yeah, you, you pretty much answered your own question. <laughs> that's, uh, that's it. But the, the program, uh, it started in 2016 as like a program. It was called Keepers of the Culture, which emphasized the culture of New Orleans, but from the lens of how the uh, enslaved Africans influenced the culture that we celebrate today. So I went into two schools. I went into one charter school, McDonough 28, and I worked with a home school. And we did different activities and art based on the culture of New Orleans uh, and the uh, African influence. And then we had a field trip together and we ended with a final art show. And then I was able to do a summer camp following that uh, the next year or so maybe. And that summer camp was based off of that that program that I brought into the schools. And now that, that summer program built up the momentum for the marketplace and the entrepreneurship that I want to fuse into the program, that I have fused into the program, where at the end, the kids had a marketplace. They sold their wares or the things that they created or the products and the services and whatnot. And uh, this year, 
we have Camp Oya, which is an extension of that, just building. And now that's in place. And my overall goal is to, you know, one, get a nonprofit uh, now that I have the format down of what things will really look like. But I'm working on something that is for a separate age group because I'm really passionate about working with teenagers. So the teenagers uh, will be experiencing these things for a longer lasting effect of them really understanding entrepreneurship, uh, giving back to the community, opening up businesses in your community, supporting businesses in your community, things that I have practiced with the younger kids to get the rhythm of it all. And now moving forward to developing this nonprofit where next year I'm looking forward to having teens go through the program, but to receive a stipend uh, throughout the summer to keep them motivated and engaged in the activities. So, with so the, it's a it's a goal, you know, overall goal. And would the nonprofit be the camp itself, or is the camp just a part of the nonprofit? It's a part of the nonprofit. Like it would, that would be the general, the the biggest theme of it, the biggest part of it would be the camp. Like they would engage in so much time throughout the summer, but setting up uh, times for us to engage throughout the school year to keep track of them and their growth and have other experiences where they're not just coming for summer and then. I'm just setting them free to the world to figure it out, you know, but keeping in constant contact with them. Uh, looking forward to starting with ninth graders and then building on to have 10th, uh, ninth and 10th grade. And then when those kids go to 11, I have ninth, 10th, 11, you know, until it's a full program for all grade levels of a high school. But I'm going to start off with ninth graders because I want to keep relationship with the children. It's not just like a different wave of kids all the time, just, you know, just doing it just to do it, but to see the progress and the growth of the children based upon the impact of the program. Yeah, you, you want to follow their journey. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what have been some of the biggest obstacles that this uh, program's been facing through um, during its development? Well, one, uh, slowly getting the nonprofit, you know, not really being able to afford it, uh, not having the abundance of financial support that I need, which I know comes with uh, having a nonprofit status because I've been turned down for simple things such as food. Uh, for the children, like last year, I last year for the camp, I ended up waking up at three o'clock every morning, making meals for 25 plus people every day for four weeks throughout the camp because no one would uh, serve me without a nonprofit and going through the process of having another nonprofit sponsor me for the food when they, you know, possibly wanted to use it for themselves. You know, people have their own obligations. Uh, you know, so the fiscal sponsor thing, you know, wasn't working out either. So that's been the greatest challenge, just making sure that I may um, obtain this uh, nonprofit status uh, so I can have the support that I need to pay people. Because while folks do want to volunteer, people need work, you know. And so uh, em employing people in the community to do the work that they really want to do, um, but they just cannot afford to volunteer it. You can't afford it. You really want to empower the communities that you're helping so that they can turn yeah. around and make it their life. Yeah. No, that's yeah, because the kids are, are living here, you know, so why not see faces that are familiar? Uh, why not be able to invite uh, an aunt or a cousin or uncle to be a part of it uh, where it would benefit the whole family, uh, uh, different parts of the children or different parts of the community? Like, it, it's really important to have funding. Like, that is the biggest thing. And I know in the, um, the email you sent me, you brought up uh, food being one of the, the main aspects of it just because food insecurity is such a real um, issue for some of the children who are in the program itself and yeah. getting the funding will then be able to make that more of a, a daily thing. You're now running a, a GoFundMe to help raise funds for this coming session or next year's session? 
for this coming session, which starts in two and a half weeks. Yeah. Oh, so how much time? That's that's very soon. How 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 is how are things going preparing for that? Um, it's not going the way I would want it to go. Honestly, <laughs> you know, I don't have uh, as much money as I really anticipated, which meant I had to cut uh, all of the workers that I had uh, in place to help assist me with the kids. Which I mean, I done this by myself last year. But the goal for this year was to not do it by myself, not rely on myself so much for everything. We're talking from planning the camp in general on paper, starting there, and then planning the field trips, and then going ahead of the field trips, and then being on the field trips, and then being at the camp, and sometimes teaching classes, and running lunch, and running late pickup, and running early drop-off, you know, like all of those things, uh, which it seems like I'm going to be back in a similar motion, but I do have a few volunteers um, who are wanting to come and share some like creative things with the kids, so those things are filled. I have one uh, teenager who I'm offering a stipend for, stipend to, to be in for certain activities throughout the week, not the whole day. Um, and I have some volunteers who I am looking forward to having uh, on field trips uh, with us. So things are still working out, but the finances are not up to par <laughs> to pay anyone to be at the camp. So if people are are if individuals are listening to this and they want to either volunteer their time or their money, where should they go to find out more about this camp? They can go to artist www.artist a r t i s t journey j o u r n e y allen a l l e n dot com and you can find uh, information about the camp there. My contact information is on the bottom of uh, each page on the website. But for the sake of those who aren't going to the website, I can be reached by phone at 504-400-7224 or by email at artistsjourneyallen at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to include all of that in the description so that they can have no issues finding you. Uh, artistjourneyallen.com, uh, 504-400-7224, artistjourneyallen at gmail.com. I just want to thank you so much for giving me 15 minutes of your time today. It was an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you. I'm really looking forward to uh, releasing this episode, and, and I'm, I really hope that the camp is a success this summer. I would love to, I would love to speak with you again uh, during the summer to hear how the program is going. That would be great, or, or more towards the end would be even better. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would love a before and after, just sort of the, the journey yeah. talk before and the journey talk after. Yeah, it would be great. I look forward to that. Well, thank you so much for your time, Journey. You're very welcome. Have a good day. You as well. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a moment and thank you so much for listening to our show. Really, thank you so much. Your support truly means the world. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review. And if you're not already subscribed, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher.